It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I'm, I'm freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining us for the second time this week, Lindsey Crosby. Joining us not on a Monday. How are you? You know, I'm I'm doing better than I think our boys are right now. Um, yeah. I've had I've had better Tuesdays. I'll put it that way. Uh, I get that. I get that. Hopefully, uh, as most of you are listening on a Wednesday, it is better. Um, first thing, though, you know, about an hour before Lindsay and I sat down to record this, we got the news that, that John Madden had passed away. The the legend himself, from a broadcasting standpoint, from a a football mind standpoint, and obviously, you know, he he's got one of the most successful game franchises named after him. I mean. I don't know. I'm, I'm about to get. I'm about to get emotional to talking about it. But thank you so much to John Madden for everything he did, and um, you know, prayers uh, prayers directed towards his family for sure. Yeah, not many people could qualify for the Hall of Fame as a coach and as a contributor, and then again as somebody who you know who like broadcaster, and then again with the video game. Totally. Just how much he impacted the NFL, uh, just over. 50 years and and definitely one of the titans and all mount rushmore of the nfl yep. we're gonna miss him yep if you are listening to the show you probably love football and so he made football better all right um not good football auburn lost to houston in the birmingham bowl 17 to 13 and before i jump into the two different storylines that you can really take from this game Lindsay. protective life stadium that was my first time going Mm-hmm. It's nice, beautiful from the outside. Walking around on the inside, it's good. But the Birmingham Bowl staff as a whole, like I, they've got a long way to go. They've got a long way to go. A lot of the technical stuff didn't work. Their stats didn't update to like the second half. Um, sound was an issue, and then seeing a lot of folks talking about concessions, like people literally spent their like a whole quarter of the game like in line at the concessions, and so. We'll see. And traffic afterwards was a nightmare. So it's like, it, yeah, the stadium is beautiful. But I think folks, I think they were surprised when it's like, oh, it actually can't handle the capacity when it's packed out. Uh, packed out. But yeah. Whatever. The game day experience around it, they have to figure out how to do that in the new stadium. Yeah. And, and Birmingham's doing such a good job with that downtown area, building it out. So hopefully they continue um, to do that. But yeah, so two stories, right? Um the offense is not going to work the way it currently is. And the other is the future of Auburn's defense, to me, I think is going to be just fine. In the past, I have said that I was more worried about the defense for Auburn's 2022 team than the offense. I'm, I, I, I was wrong. I was wrong on that. Um, so let's talk about the offense first. Is TJ Finley the answer at quarterback? I don't think no. so. I don't think he is anymore. And, and I was in the camp, Lindsay, of, well, you know, there's not a whole lot of, you know, wiggle room for him to, like, find success outside of TJ Finley. So, 
you know, how many guys, you know, how much is it TJ Finley's fault if, if the receivers aren't playing well and the, the offensive line is beat up and the scheme doesn't really get guys open. But there were dudes that got open and he missed them. Now, he made three or four really impressive throws, but some of the gimme ones were like, okay, you know, that probably should have been a touchdown or that probably should have been a first down. And so that it wasn't a good look for me. Yeah, and the offensive line, he didn't have a ton of time back there. The official stats, I think, were one sack and three hurries. So on paper, it seems like it was fine. But in reality, you could tell the pocket wasn't clean. He had a muddled pocket and things like that. But even in that situation, you can still see the quarterback doing what they need to do to be successful. And you could extrapolate, well, if that blocking was better, that would have worked. And he right. wasn't doing those basic things. We saw him miss guys high. We saw him miss guys low. We saw him just make wrong reads, miss wide open guys in the flat or a dump off. And I mean, at this point, you're going to have people who are going to come out and say he didn't get a lot of practice time throughout the season or a lot of play time. And it's about offensive situation, which is factual. That is true. That is true. That is true. But I think we've seen enough to know that barring some sort of amazing post, like a uh, off season change, DJ Finley ain't it. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. I think the question is like, is there a dude that's ready? Because I mean, Grant Loy was the backup. Like, there was no chance we were going to see D Davis um, throughout that game because there was opportunities to to pull him. But I love TJ Finley. But Andrew Stanley, he's one of our mods in the Locked On Auburn Discord. He was killing me with some of the stuff he was putting in the Discord, and I wrote down two of them. One is he said, "When TJ Finley drops back, God flips a coin because <laughs> you just never know what's going to happen." That killed me. I was sitting in the press box and I, I, I just legit chuckled. And then a few uh, a few drives later, he said, "Finley gonna get off the bus at Coles and get hired as a mannequin." <laughs> I saw a thing. Somebody asked um, which is the the bigger statue in Birmingham, T.J. Finley or the Vulcan? Oh my statue. gosh, that's funny too. That's funny too. Um, so uh, it's yeah. Go ahead, Lindsay. Sorry, I. I would a transfer quarterback had have given Auburn the the a chance to win in the bowl game? Like, is there a guy in the portal now who we can say if you plug right. him into this offensive situation, we would have won this game? Yeah, and right. What what do you the answer is, that is? Yes, I mean, there's there's guys with talent in the portal, and I'd like to think that in this situation, like TJ, there was enough plays there that TJ Finley could have made that he did not make. That if you can assume an average level of competence from a transfer quarterback I think enough of those plays go the other way to win the game uh if you'd asked me before the game was that the case I probably wouldn't have said yes but having watched it play out two two or three throws here or there that's a different game offensively for Auburn yes and you can say that with all of the games that he started and lost you can say that um with South Carolina you can say that with Alabama and now you can say that with the Birmingham Bowl and at some point, you got to cut it off. Is three or four weeks of practice enough to validate all of that? I don't know. But all of a sudden now, and it's like the Auburn fan base had a revelation halfway through the, uh, the fourth quarter. Oh, that's why he didn't pull Bo Nix. Which now, it's, it's even more fascinating 
why he pulled them against Georgia State. Like, that's that's crazy to me. Because, I mean, he, see, he, he sees this every day. And once again, I don't want to dog TJ Finley because I like TJ Finley, and I think Finley has good traits. I really, really do. But... There's just, there were some key moments there where it's like, that wasn't really a practice thing. That was just a, sh- a throw you should have been able to make. And it's like, I think Holden Garner could probably have made some of those throws that he missed. Um, is that being too harsh? Maybe, uh, possibly. Um, the offense went away from Tank late again. They went to him a good bit early. I, I think they did a good job running him outside and kind of a lot of off-tackle stuff because they were not winning the battle on the inside of the offensive line. The drop-off, Lindsey, of Nick Brahms to Jaleel Irvin was significantly more drastic than I thought it would be. I did not see that coming. I will eat crow on that. I thought, and we made the jokes about, you know, preseason all, you know, all SEC Nick Brahms, and, and you know, he's not that good, but... Jaleel Irvin, like you can tell, he just has not had the reps as yeah. the guy right. in live fire situations. He's mm-hmm. been a backup for years, and and you can tell he there was frequently you'd see a you know a extra rusher right at the middle because he would turn the wrong direction and block the wrong way. And never thought I would say I missed Nick Brahms. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. And then my last note for offense before we move on: John Samuel Shanker broke the reception record for tight ends as well as the yardage record for tight ends in a single season in Auburn history. Congrats to him. And I think was also the first uh, Auburn tight end to ever get a jet sweep. That was cool. That was weird. Yeah, it's one like, yard. It's like, could we have gotten to the tank one more time? Like, probably. I think that makes a little more sense. And I love so Shanker, Georgia. But. Yeah, Georgia's been running that, but they have that Bruce Bowers kid that's a freak. He's not a standard tight end. Yes, um, that 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 jet sweep may have worked with a guy like Landon King, but I just don't right. think John Samuel Schenker was the right guy to to give him give it to him on a jet sweep. Yeah, and you're seeing that more at all levels of football with the tight end. Like, I'm a Pats fan, obviously. If you look around me on the YouTube video, but the like they do it this year, like with Jonu Smith. But like Jonu Smith mm-hmm. is like just a big receiver. That's all he is. So. That's yeah. not Shanker. It is Landon King. So, yeah, uh, I think you're right on that. But congrats to him. Hot take. I bet he breaks them both again next season. I think he's coming back. I think he'll probably challenge both those records again next year. Uh, unless one of these other tight ends steps up huge in the spring and just forces the issue of yeah. I, well, I'm getting his playing time. Yeah, just timeshare or whatever. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, today's show brought to you by the best tasting protein bar ever. Yes, I'm talking about Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bar in that plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Most bars, uh, most Built Bars contain 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs. And 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which normally has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and, a, and dozens of net carbs. It's, it's not even comparable, folks. And they taste great. Be sure to check it out, all of it, at Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That's at Built.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. 
Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, Lindsey Crosby, let's talk about some of the defense. Essentially, Auburn's whole second team was playing defense. It really felt like that um, over the course of the game, especially after Smoke Monday and Jalen Simpson both got ejected for targeting, which let's just talk about Smoke Monday for a second. Tip of the cap to both Smoke and Chandler Wooten for for them playing their last games at Auburn. But um, Smoke... So I initially felt really bad for him when his career just ended just like that off of an aggressive play. And then people quickly corrected me to saying, no, it's an extremely fitting way for Smoke Monday to go out. He didn't seem too upset about it on the sidelines. So you know what, Smoke? I kind of love that you went out that way. It's very memorable and it's very symbolic uh, of how Smoke Monday played. Yeah, there's no other way Smoke Monday's career was going to end other than an ejection for targeting on the second try, second time they looked at it, uh, you know, he was fated to get kicked out of that game. And um, man just popped on some sunglasses, hung out on the sideline. While they uh, were mean, reviewing what, it, he's just like dancing and laughing on the sideline. It's like, okay, he's not too worried about it. And it's something, I mean, he just hung out on the sideline the rest of the game. Like, what are you going to do? Suspend him again? He's going pro. It doesn't right. matter. Right. You know, so it just, it blows my mind. Um the, the thing that got him was an interception return. And then Jalen Simpson, obviously, getting uh, getting got by the quarterback there on a slide. How ridiculous uh, is it that as the my understanding of how the rule currently sits, and they're looking at reviewing this over the offseason, but as it currently sits, he will miss the first half of the season opener next year. You should just make him sit out all of A-Day. Like, just say, you miss your spring game. That's it. But the fact that he has to miss is cool, uh, simply because... Like, why does it carry over to the next season? That doesn't make a lot. I mean, it's a whole different situation. If he, here's a question. If he transferred, would he have to sit out the first half at his new school? Yes. Do we know that? That is my understanding of the rule. Yes. Wow. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But whatever. If he went to Georgia, they're used to guys missing the first half of the first game. Yeah. So they still schedule anybody. Well, this year they scheduled Clemson, which looked really good at the time. But yeah. Yeah. Um, Romello Height, he missed a big potential sack on Tune, which their quarterback looked really good, by the way. Pax, Paxton Tune. Yeah. Can we have him? Uh, yeah. yeah. Is he entering the portal? That'd be fantastic. That'd be great. He's better than TJ Finley, right? Right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's, yeah. Won, he's won more games in Alabama than TJ Finley has. Does Georgia State not count? No, no, that's that's one. He's won another. He played a he played I think Troy and beat Troy. So he's won oh, two yikes. games in yikes. Alabama. And um, Finley's only won one in his career. But yeah. R- Romello Height had a he missed a key sack. But outside of that, like I, I liked what I saw with Romello Height. I have a man crush on him, so that's fine. Uh, with Marquise Burks out, we saw Garrison Walker get some snaps early, and he made his presence known. Look, I mean mm-hmm. the defense as a whole after that first drive was really really good. Was really, and then it kind of shifted to the spin note break, and then they figured out what they were doing, and they did such a good job of limiting them. And then that last drive, I mean, they just kind of figured it out, but they did good. 
Uh, I think Roy Torrance could be a player. You know, I've talked about him a lot. Cam Riley mm-hmm. got some real reps at linebacker. I thought he looked really good out there next to Chandler Wooten. And so that kind of tells, excuse me, that kind of tells me he's probably going to be the next linebacker. So um, he's very athletic. He is very, very fluid in his movements. So that's kind of what stood yeah. out to me on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, Joka Willis got some run. Uh, I thought he would do more with his snaps than he did. And that was, a, he yeah. just didn't show up a lot other than I think one, I just remember him missing a play. You know, like yeah. missing a run fit one time, kind of memorably. Um, we had to put in some, like a walk-on in the defensive backfield towards towards the end of the game. Mm. And does does Drayshawn Miller just not exist anymore? What is I'm, up with I, that? <laughs> I am amazed that we have not seen him all season. I thought by this game, at the bowl game, after you lost two defensive backs to targeting and had another one opt out, I thought maybe you'd see Drayshawn Miller in the rotation then. But he just, he may be a ghost. He may not actually be a real person. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but that, that's a crazy one. And there were reports yeah. coming out that he looked good in bowl practices. So it's like, okay, sweet. Maybe he's got a shot. But uh, yeah, I don't think, um, I don't fully know his situation because I think he has one year left of eligibility but he can't transfer. So, or like, cause I would take a year for him to do that. Cause he already uses free transfer. So if he graduates, he can transfer. Now, as I understand, he, uh, he's not on, on pace to graduate, uh, by the fall. But if he, if he were to graduate the end of spring or summer, he could do a grad transfer. Uh, but gotcha. I don't believe he's on pace to do that. I see. Okay. How is he not? That's crazy. That's I wonder if credits didn't move over from, this previous spot. Yeah, West Virginia to here. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think it's really cool that Chandler Wooten ended his career getting that interception. I think that was really awesome. You could tell how excited yeah. he was and how excited the, the team was for him. Um, I love that. I absolutely loved seeing that. And and Harson had some great quotes after the game just talking about, about Smoke Monday, about Chandler Wooten especially, about how he stepped up, about how you know, he's always welcome back at Auburn. He's the epitome of an Auburn man. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I'm I'm really happy for Chandler Wooten that he got to make it back to the team this year, yep. have an impact, and then go out the way that he did. Right. I mean. Sweet. Yep. Absolutely. All right. We, I got a few things, a few quick hitters about what this game means going forward in just a moment. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Online. Dot AG. Look, plenty of bowl games still out there, and Bet Online has you covered every step of the way um, they, as they remain your number one spot for all sports action this season. Head to the website, betonline.ag. You can use your phone, you can use your computer, whatever. Just go to betonline.ag. And to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus. Betonline.ag, where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, Lindsay, I've got three quick hitters about moving forward. What does the game mean for the program moving forward? So 
The first one, okay. I loved how Javarius Johnson handled punt returns. Not a huge punt return, but there were several short ones, and he would come up 20 to 25 yards and go get it. In the past, we've seen Auburn let it bounce, and that's resulted in terrible things. Flashback to Columbia, South Carolina a few weeks ago, but I loved that. I thought that was a really, really good thing. That meant a lot to me. And especially when it was a lot lower scoring than we were expecting it to be, field position became a big deal, and Houston ultimately won because of field position with turnovers and things like that. So I think that was uh, worth noting. I liked Carson's play calling an absolute ton. I loved him running tank more. At least it felt like he ran tank more. I love that he attacked the edges of the defense because that's where Mm -hmm. Auburn had the best chance of succeeding. It felt different. Similar style, but it felt different than what we've seen throughout the season. So I liked that with the exception of it was third and two. You knew it was going to be your last drive of the game. And you got two chances to go two yards and you don't go with Tank Bixby. And it's like, yeah, you're running out of time. You want the clock to keep running. But it's like you still had, it was like two minutes and 40 seconds. Like you still had plenty of time to get that first down. So that to me was curious. And I, I know for a fact in the fourth down play, Hunter was in. Tank wasn't even in. I don't think Tank was in on the third down play either, but I cannot confirm that. So, once again, it's one of those situations, like, when the game matters most, it's Jarquez Hunter that's in there, not Tank, which is not the first time we've seen that this year. Very, very odd. My third takeaway, Lindsay, is there's no way Auburn's wide receiving group gets worse next season. Demetrius Robertson will be gone. I believe Shedrick Jackson will be gone. And I just think you're going to see other dudes step up. I think um, Kobe Hudson is, one, a natural wide receiver. Can't stress that so enough. Natural. But, I mean, that guy so has natural. a chance to be an absolute dude in the SEC. If he keeps doing what he's doing, and, like, he's he's almost kind of turned the corner several times throughout the season, and then, you know, Something would happen the following game or, or later, you know, the next drive or whatever it may be. But what a great game for him to end it on. And I think he can use this to kind of be the dude um, moving forward throughout the offseason and kind of use that experience and this performance to be a leader this offseason and kind of help some of these other guys come in, which is going to be really, really cool to see. He also went to social media Tuesday night saying, hey, I'm paraphrasing here, but hey, guys, leave my quarterback alone. You know, TJ Finley's my quarterback, which is, I guess, something a leader would do is defend his guy. Um, but, yeah, so uh, I said a lot there. Do you, you can either add more quick hitters or, or comment on any things I just said, Lindsay. Yeah, the, the running game thing, we've seen this a few times now, yeah. and I was kind of watching for this, and it felt like, Hunter, I mean, Hunter got four of his five carries in the fourth quarter. So it kind of felt like when he substituted early in the fourth and put Hunter in there, you know, maybe Harson was going for fresh legs and Tank never really had a chance to kind of get back into the game flow yeah. by the time, you know, we got to the end of the game. But uh, two carries for nine yards in the fourth quarter is unacceptable. Right. It's not going to cut it. Right. Uh, you, you have to run Tank Bigsby more. And I know he got the ball plenty early, and the aggregate stats look fine, but you have to give Tank Bigsby the ball. Mm-hmm. And I understand that you did not have a lot of interior offensive line push. That's fine. Right. Find ways to work the ball outside. But you saw all game, 
passing the ball wasn't working that well. Mm -hmm. So on the pivotal conversions, find a way to either shorten the throws or get the ball to tank Bigsby somehow in space. Um, I did have some notes real quick on one. I love that we, that we let the kids play. Uh, it's, uh, it's the defense. Uh, and I, there was a, a great tweet today. I can't think of who it was. Somebody from on three just listed everything that Auburn had lost. You lost an all American at cornerback. They like all of these things. And yeah. Auburn's defense played great. They did held Houston to almost 30 points under their season average for points. That's crazy. So Love that. But yeah. Harson did have a quote. He said, we've got a lot of work to do. And he was talking about roster-wise, getting guys in the room. But I kind of think he was talking about the quarterbacks as well. Like, they have to – and those two things go together. It is portal season right now. You have to figure out the quarterback room because what you have now is obviously not good enough. And unless you think Holden Gariner can come in as a true freshman and legitimately compete in the SEC West – You've got to figure out what guy can you go out and get. Is it a Brock Vander Griff from Georgia? Mm-hmm. His girlfriend plays soccer at Auburn. Maybe it's him. Wow. Is it somebody else who's not in the portal yet? You got to find someone. And then just the last kind of takeaway that I had is you've got to rework the targeting rule. You mentioned they're going to talk about does suspension carry over to the next year in the offseason, but you've got to work on the targeting rule and try to find some way to give them the ability to, to discern intent from incidental contact. And I know that they review this, but they review to see, does it meet the letter of the rule as to what targeting is? If it does, he's gone. You have to find a way to say, okay, you know, the the offensive player lowered his, his head and that's why the helmets collided. He wasn't trying to blow him up. We're going to give him some leeway there. Um, I was honestly surprised that first targeting flag got picked up and not because... It should have been picked up. It should have been picked up. I just never expect these things to actually follow what common sense says you should do. So that was a pleasant surprise, only for them to get, turn around and get me later. <laughs> um, yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, but all in all, uh, a really, really poor showing, uh, especially for the offense. I think it's how a lot of people are going to yeah. s- see this. I mean, you, you go six and seven. Almer has had a losing season since 2012. You know, with all the controversy and conversation that happened this time a year ago with the, you know, was it time to let Gus Malzahn go and all that? And and I think for the greater good, it was. And I think most people feel confident saying that now, but it's like he went eight years in the SEC without a losing record. And that's very, very hard to do. It's extremely hard Mm -hmm. to do. Now, on the other side of the coin is, okay, the roster is at its current state because of Gus. And so... Did Harson do with the absolute most that he could? And if guys stay healthy, if his quarterback stays healthy, you probably, you know, you probably win two more games. And one of those is Alabama. So I don't know. There's a lot of different ways you can take what happened over the last several months of this season and specifically what happened um, Tuesday in Birmingham. But got to move on. And I think Harson is going to be good at attacking the portal. We've already seen him get Jason Jones, the defensive tackle from Oregon. He's got to get more dudes. He's got to get more bodies, and he's got to fill out this roster because, man, there is a ton of holes in this roster. Mm-hmm. Especially on the offensive side of the ball. You know, we saw last year a lot of defensive transfers, and Derek Mason really built his defense. And for the most part, that worked. And the defense played yeah. as well as they needed to to keep us in most games this year. I don't remember a game where we just got blown out of the water with, you know, where, where we couldn't stop them at all. Mississippi State. Um, 
okay, there's that. Yeah. But you have one every year. Um, but I mean, but other than that, the defense played well enough to keep us in most of these games. Um, and so we we did the defense thing with the portal last year. Let's do the offense thing with the portal. I mean, uh, this team probably needs to go out and find two or three offensive linemen t- t- who can either start or compete for starting jobs. Ideally, they need to find a number one wide receiver. You've had a lot of number twos. Kobe Hudson, like you said, he's kind of on the cusp. He's been on the cusp a couple times and so hasn't close. really turned the corner all the way. He's so natural at being a wide receiver, and he's so close to being a number one wide receiver. Lindsay, just and real quick, have, if I wanted a shirt that just said natural wide receiver on it, where could I go to get one? I think the best place to go would be aushirts.com. Okay, got it. Yeah. Got it. Uh, and then you've got to find a guy to give you a starting option at quarterback. And I'm not saying starting option that nobody here can do it, but you have to bring in another option because we don't know if anybody in this room can do it, Mm -hmm. but I think we do know TJ Finley cannot. Lindsey Crosby, where can people find you, hear you, all that good stuff? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, new Twitter handle. I'll tell you more about that next week, Uh, as well as check out my stuff at aushirts.com. Sweet. You can follow me on Twitter at Z Blackbridge, on Twitter at Locked on Auburn, and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.